0: Ladies and gentlemen.
1: Conductor Eric Leinsdorf, Symphony Hall, Boston, November twenty second, 1963.
0: We have a press report over the wires that the President of the United States has been the victim of an assassination.
1: (laughs) If you were alive and over, say, five years old in November 1963, wherever you were, you remember it.
0: We will play... The funeral march from Beethoven's
1: Third Symphony. The nation heard the news over wire services, radio, by word of mouth, public announcement, and most dramatically, on television. Television took over our lives for what are sometimes called those four dark days in Dallas, the Friday of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy and the Saturday, Sunday, and Monday that followed. And on the next Thursday after that, The country huddled around its Thanksgiving tables, struggling to recover, which I guess we did. But after that November, we would never be the same, and neither would TV.
2: It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has happened in the
1: motorcade route. Radio was there and wire services and newspapers, but it took television exactly 10 minutes after shots were fired to go on the air that day.
2: Here is a bulletin
3: from CBS News. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade.
1: That began four days of on-air improvisation, television's first continuous coverage of a prolonged, painful, breaking news story.
4: It was impossible to tell at once where Kennedy was hit, but bullet wounds in Governor
0: Connolly's chest. There hadn't been an assassination of, the, of a president since uh, McKinley at the turn of the century.
1: Thomas Doherty is professor of film studies at Brandeis University and has written about the TV coverage of the Kennedy assassination.
0: So even without television, this would have been uh, uniquely disorienting and shocking. With television, though, it becomes this indelible memory for an entire generation that uh, with TV we can actually experience the news and watch it as it's unfolding in the same existential moment that uh, the news is happening. The information that we have, this is no time, obviously, for speculation.
1: Remarkably, it had been earlier that very fall, September 1963, that CBS had expanded its nightly newscast to a half hour from its previous program of only 15 minutes a night. NBC followed soon after. Newscast expanded
2: because they had to.
1: Reuven Frank was producer of the Huntley-Brinkley Report in the 50s and 60s and went on to be president of NBC News.
2: You just couldn't get the news in. Uh, you know, we had been agitating for a half hour for a long time. With Kennedy, the television president, they thought maybe it had a shot,
1: and it did. And then that day in Dallas came, in quite a different technological era.
4: There was a little waiting room with swing doors, and I looked inside and there were two payphones that were empty.
1: Former anchor and now author Robert McNeil was in Dallas, covering the Kennedy motorcade for NBC.
4: And I grabbed one of them and I kept it for the rest of the afternoon.
0: Bob, are you there? This is Frank McGee, When
4: I phoned from that payphone in Dallas, uh, they couldn't, couldn't connect me through to air. And I would say a sentence and McGee would repeat it. The president is seriously wounded. Which was fine for me because it slowed me down.
0: The shot which wounded the president occurred as the motorcade.
4: In 63 we were still to the point
2: where a camera weighed, I don't know, 100 and something pounds and a mobile unit was the size of a Santini Brothers truck.
1: Reuven Frank.
2: Our remote truck in Dallas broke down, not the television part of it, but the truck part of it, the engine. So NBC, for much of that weekend, was represented by a remote truck, this big, enormous thing, being towed around by a tow truck. Obstacles to be sure. The flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at
4: 1 p.m.
1: But by the time so the awful Saturday truth time. was known, the networks had resolved to Eastern, broadcast Saturday continuously time. and remove Some commercials day, for the duration.
4: It was an instinctive reaction, I think. It was spontaneous and instinctive, and for the first time.
1: There was never any debate
2: inside the organization about dumping commercials from about 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. We knew that you couldn't have commercials. Some people on the money side start to agitate for going back to commercials, and we just threw them
0: out of the office.
1: By the end of that first day, America was exhausted and transfixed.
0: Six o'clock, November 22nd. Thomas Doherty. The cameras are there to record the coffin being uh, you know, taken off the plane and loaded into a hearse, and you see this image of uh, Jackie Kennedy. Uh, you know, her dress and the, the stockings uh, she's wearing are you know, stained with blood, and she's, of course, looking utterly shattered, and it seems almost this... You know, a voyeuristic intrusion into this very private moment. The sorrow
3: that Mrs. Kennedy and her family bear.
0: By
1: Saturday, a parade of dignitaries was filing by the body lying in state. There were more details about a suspect, Lee Harvey Oswald, and reporters were struggling with the reality of a new president. Vice President Johnson, President Johnson, I'm sure that many of us have made that mistake and will repeat repeat it. Nothing could have prepared TV or its viewers. For Sunday,
0: a lot of folks would say that it is the Sunday event that is truly the one that unhinges America ever after, and that it, you know this is really when the '60s uh, began.
2: It was Sunday morning, Reuben Frank, and the president of NBC was watching at home along with half the country, and he was getting bored with what we were covering, and he said, "Switch to something live." He said, and the only thing we had live was Tom Pettit. Nobody really thought it was worth covering.
1: NBC reporter Pettit was following the prisoner, Oswald, as he was moved from jail to jail. They switched, and there it was. Yeah, there it
4: is, is Lee Oswald.
1: He's been shot.
4: He's been shot.
1: CBS had had its cameras running, but they had switched to an essay at the time.
3: They insisted finishing the essay rather than coming to us live.
1: Dan Rather was in Dallas, covering the Texas trip for CBS.
3: At a time when I was... First asking, then calling, then screaming, come to us live. But decisions get made. Uh, that was an unfortunate decision. We turned it, the videotape right around and played it, you know, immediately so you could say, well, really what did it amount to? But at the time, to say it was disappointed would be a vast
0: understatement. Nielsen ratings have never even approached ever again. Uh, you know, the, the, the kind of you know, stratosphere that they had uh, on, on that day. Nearly uh, 93% of the American public was uh, by a television, you know, watching on, on Sunday.
1: Monday, the funeral.
0: You didn't need to have
4: people nattering on about nothing and just bloviating to hold the airspace. There was enough inherent drama in millions of people weeping over their television sets.
1: What did television learn from November 1963? From then on, the presidency, it it just took over the news.
2: By the way, I don't think this is peculiar to television. I think all news media, the White House bureau's uh, coverage expanded exponentially. A lot of people felt... They had missed the biggest story of their lives. And from then on, nothing the president did or does is not covered.
3: I think, I know before Dallas, I had no idea of the power of television to move people. It's a shared national experience.
1: Dan Rather. The closest
3: thing I had known to it was listening to the World Series on radio. And, you know, after a World Series game on radio, you could go out, had experienced it, and could, you know could talk about
4: it. But that was in radio, and when I was a child. Uh, at the time of Dallas, it was television. I was no longer a child. I didn't feel my own feelings until the day of the funeral.
1: Robert McNeil.
4: We were filming, and um, a man came and sat down and put a transistor radio down, and it happened to be tuned to the funeral in Washington at the moment when the Black Watch bagpipe band passed. And suddenly all my defenses and everything just dissolved and there I was sobbing and tears running down my face. There it was. And suddenly it just all poured out.
1: Television and all of us grew up those four days among those images. It was a crisis more fully appreciated by watching than by learning about. That's what television could and can do. Jackie Kennedy knew it, even that night in her bloody skirt. She'd been asked by many why she'd chosen not to change clothes. No, she said, let them see what they've done. For On the Media, I'm Sarah Fishkin. Since WNYC's first broadcast in 1924, we've been dedicated to creating the kind of content we know the world needs. In addition to this award-winning reporting, your sponsorship also supports inspiring storytelling and extraordinary music that is free and accessible to all. To get in touch and find out more, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.